Protectors of the Wood episode series. Episode 12, Hit the Ground Running. When Abby awoke the following morning, she had no idea where she was. The sun was already bright and warm through her window. A few blue jays were fluttering around the apple trees. She sat bolt upright. Oh my god, I'm home. I wanted to get to the preschool early. What time is it? Her alarm clock said 4.30. It had run down days ago. She jumped up and realized that she had fallen asleep in her dirty clothes without washing. Her whole body felt sticky. She recalled throwing herself on the bed and must have fallen asleep instantly. After a cool shower, she put on the only clean outfit she had left. Worn black jeans, an old half-moon high school t-shirt, and her old sneakers. The past few days had left her new sneakers a mess. I've got to buy some clothes. And a watch. And use that washer and dryer in the church basement. Abby wasn't sure why she felt so panicked about visiting the preschool immediately. Perhaps it had to do with Wendy's advice. The whole idea of being normal. Working at the preschool seemed like a perfectly good and normal thing to do. And she already loved the children. But Abby suspected that there was something more at stake. Wendy had given the plan of working at the preschool unusual emphasis, as if she felt that Abby must work there, that it was essential that she do so. And Abby was happy to follow along. Every time I've seen the children, it's been good for all of us. I've been so lucky. I'll just hop on my bike. Oh no, my bike is in the woods. She was out the door without even eating. I really don't feel like seeing anyone on Bridge Avenue right now. She glanced up at the churchyard gate and across the street and saw no one. I'll just go out the back and down to Main Street. Hmm, my garden is growing fast. And it's so neat, so well organized. Jeremy must be doing a good job. Well, good to see he's serious about something. Abby knew she was taking a snide and unreasonable attitude based on feeling rejected, but she allowed herself a private feeling of resentment, knowing that she would be on guard against expressing it in public. But if they ever really had a heart-to-heart -heart talk, all bets were off. She had no idea what would happen. It was something she didn't want to think about. It was a joy to see the privet fort and a secret place like long-lost friends. And she was out the iron door and walking down the dirt lane between the churchyard wall and the cornfield. The bright sun was already high in the sky on a cloudless day. Breathing a deep sigh, she admitted to herself how terrified she had been about the possibility of losing this new home. It was an overwhelming relief to come back and feel like she could stay. In a few minutes, she was on Marie Place and then turned right on Main Street. It's got to be 10 o'clock or so. I'm going to interrupt the middle of an activity at the preschool. Not a good thing. I should wait until early tomorrow. Oh, I wish I had a watch.
Unsure of what to do, Abby continued along Main Street and noticed she was walking by the new Phones and More store that everyone was talking about. Stopping in great curiosity, she studied the display in the window and thought about Sule, the daughter of the owner, whose photographs were so striking in the recent copy of the Evansville record. Maybe they have watches here. Abby opened the door and walked in. It was a narrow store with phones, electronic games, and accessories displayed behind glass on shelves to the right and left, and a counter at the far end. Sule was on her knees with a spray bottle and a cloth, making the glass sparkle. She wore black jeans, just like Abby's, low sneakers with very low socks, her straight black short hair all brushed to one side, a dazzling silkscreen t-shirt, and her ears were pierced with gold circles. She seemed more sophisticated than Abby expected. Sule looked up, her eyes did a double take, and she ran to give Abby a hug. She barely knows me. Why is she doing so much for me? Her photos have changed my life. A cell phone appeared in Sule's hand. She stepped back and took a photo. Her thumb suddenly worked like lightning for 20 seconds, and then all her attention was back on Abby. Oh, this is so exciting. I can't believe you're back. Everyone will be so happy. They'll be here in like a minute. A well-dressed man, short and thin, very graceful and polite, appeared next to Sule and waited to be introduced. Abby was sure he was Sule's father. He had the same straight black hair, wide dark eyes, and an elegant straight nose above a short upper lip and a cheerful, somewhat mischievous smile. Abby, this is my father, Sai. Dad, this is Abby. Sule had suddenly become very formal. I'm glad to meet you. I've heard so much about you. I hear Sule is going to be working with you. Part of her internship? Sule's eyes opened wide in panic. Dad! Abby just returned practically this minute. She doesn't know about it yet. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm always getting things wrong. But Abby, you look like a very nice person. I'm sure you'll understand. I'm new to Middletown and Sule's new friends. It's hard to keep up with her. Abby was immediately sympathetic. Please don't feel bad. This is all new to me too. And I'm very happy to speak to you both. You should know how grateful I am to Sule for her recent photos and amazing ability to publish in a major newspaper, perhaps three newspapers. That's probably the work she's talking about. You have a very talented daughter. I've never seen such a young teen get published so quickly like that. Her father looked on proudly but Sule's cheerful face wore a frown, and she looked down at the floor. Sai, instantly noticing her reaction, asked, Now what's the matter, Sue? That was quite a compliment. Yes, please don't think I'm mad. I've been thrilled to do good and be, like, good at it. 
but I'm not a young teen. I'm 17 and a high school graduate, and I'll be taking college courses at the end of this month. And yes, my internship is with the newspaper, but the actual assignment is up to you, Abby. Sule looked at her as if her fate was on the line. I really didn't mean any criticism at all. The fact was that Sule had a young face and had been going around with Nico. Someone Abby knew for certain was just 14 years old. But this probably happens to Sule all the time. It must be very annoying. Her inner voice suddenly stepped in and said, Respond to her, now. She has a job to do. Can't you see that? Abby looked back at Sule, still waiting with her vulnerable expression. If your assignment is really up to me, then of course I say yes. I already owe you all the help I can give. Sule struggled to contain her joy. Her eyes were tearing up. She told her father, See, I knew it. She won't let us down. Everyone says so. I do see. But you haven't given her any details. Sule hesitated, gathered her courage, and announced, Sarah Williams is my supervisor at the Evansville Record, and my courses are at Evansville College. I'm supposed to be your assistant. Again, Sule showed the look of vulnerability. One word from Abby would make or break all her hopes. Don't mess it up. Abby's inner voice left no doubt. Oh, how wonderful. I certainly do need help with all sorts of things. We have the church gardens, the youth council, the festivals. I don't know why Sarah's being so nice to me, but I appreciate it. Maybe we can meet at Sammy's a little later on and discuss all of this over coffee and a sandwich. I'll have plenty of time by one o'clock. Yes. That is, I hope my sister will be here by then. She looked up at her father, and he nodded. Abby's eye finally located a clock on the wall and was shocked to see that it was almost noon. Time was rushing by. Sai noticed her anxiety. I'm so sorry. If there's anything you need, please ask. Well... I do need a watch, one that can also work as an alarm clock. I know such a thing probably doesn't exist. Of course it does. We don't carry wristwatches, but we do have a small timer with many features. By the time he finished the sentence, Sule was already opening a nearby glass panel and grabbing an item. Ah, exactly what I had in mind. Sule handed Abby a rectangle of black plastic with a screen and a few buttons much smaller than any cell phone. You see, the time is already on the screen, and here's a button for the alarm. A button to change the time and a button for the timer. You can set it for 40 minutes when you're cooking rice, and an alarm will remind you to turn off the burner. You just set it for however long you want. See? Like this. Just what I need. How much do I owe you? Nothing at all. You're doing a favor for my daughter. No, no. She's doing a favor for me. Here, let me... 
Her hand was going for her wallet when Sule said in a soft but very firm voice, Abby, when he says no, he means no. I understand. Thank you for everything. The front door suddenly opened and Phoebe and Nico burst into the store. Abby! Oh, Sule, thanks for sending. Oh, how great to see you. They hugged her and talked a blue streak, interrupting each other constantly. Wait, wait. I'm supposed to be at the preschool now. But I'll be at Sammy's with Sule at one. Let's all meet there. I'm overjoyed to see you both. You're making me so happy I can hardly stand it. But I've got to run. Two other customers came in, and the group had to calm down and let Sai shift his attention. Phoebe looked at Abby. I'm not taking a lunch hour today. I get off early tonight, like youth council's meeting in the toy store. I'll explain later, but we'll have plenty of time to talk around eight. They followed each other out onto the sidewalk. Nico stood with Sule. They waved to Abby and Phoebe, already speed walking toward Bridge Avenue. Abby slowed down, remembering Phoebe's limp and looked back for a glance at Sule and Nico. As she expected, they were already deep in conversation. They're certainly cooking something up. In a moment, Phoebe and Abby were at the corner of Bridge Avenue and they embraced. Phoebe, I've really missed you. Really, really missed you. We've got to talk alone. Just what I've been thinking. We'll stay behind when the youth council meeting is over. Yes, we need that. Oh, by the way, Jeremy said to tell you he did the best he could, but it's probably still a pain for you. Abby was instantly alarmed. A pain? About what? The garden looks great. I guess you didn't notice. I should have left this info till later. But now, I have to tell you, your cottage was broken into. Stuff all over the place. Jeremy saw the door open and tried to put it back together. He must have done a good job. Abby didn't want to show any emotion. Don't worry. My place looked fine. They embraced again and parted. Thanks for listening. Episode number 13 is coming soon. To hear all of the episodes, please go to our website at www.protectorsofthewood.com. For Facebook and Instagram, please visit us at Protectors of the Wood book series. One, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one. If I knew you really loved me, there would be no more war. And if we're not together in this wild and crazy world, if I knew you really loved me, 
it would set my heart aglow. Take you with me everywhere I go. On a dark and rainy day Is this a dream or just a lie? One burst of sunshine Would light up my way I see the world in your eyes Everywhere I go. Everywhere I go. Everywhere I go.